Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is set for one episode. Your host from Columbus, Ohio, is Michael Kirk. Welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast. Hello and welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast, your digital audio dirt sheet for all things Super Show. Top story for this week, Grand Gathering 3 News. The next big Super Show event, Grand Gathering 3, Westlake, Ohio, at the Westlake Doubletree, March 17th through 19th, just under one month from today as I'm recording this. Last week I talked about the competitors they're looking to debut at Grand Gathering 3. No additional news on that. As far as I know, Steve Resk is still looking for feedback, so if you want to give him feedback, you can send that to him. He did say on the last episode of Talk of the Universe that there will be additional promo cards releasing at Grand Gathering 3. One of them we know about. It's a strike over-the-top card. These others we don't know about. I'm not sure if these are going to be promos for just attending or promos you can purchase there. We'll find out. But there will be new promos. We also know that there are going to be additional awards and Hall of Fame inductees at Grand Gathering 3. So the SRG Award Show that happened at Captain Con earlier this month is not the end of it. There will be some more awards given out, and there will be some additional inductees into the Hall of Fame at Grand Gathering 3. Also, and this is breaking today, if you have been following posts from Harvey Lester, the current LFF Hardcore Champion, he has been trying to figure out who his Grand Gathering 3 opponent will be. He will be attempting to defend the Hardcore Belt at Grand Gathering 3. That challenger has been revealed. Sherry Von Danish will face Harvey Luster for the LFF Hardcore Championship at Grand Gathering 3. We've also seen the big guy, the general manager of CCW, announce that a number of their belts will be on the line at Grand Gathering 3, the Dealer's Choice Championship, their Tag Team Championship, their Singles Championship. All of that will likely be on the line at Grand Gathering 3. He posted about it in the discussion group. I'm not going to go into great detail here, but if you're interested in that, check that post out from the big guy. It might be under Gary Schneider. Not 100% sure why, but check that out if you're interested in CCW Defense News. Next big story. The 2023 Create a Competitor Competition has launched. For the first round, there are going to be six triad matches that, from what I understand, will be taking place over a two-week period. Wednesday on Talk of the Universe, they will announce the three participants in the match. A week later, Wednesday night, 10 p.m., the match will go live. It's going to be similar to the first round matches in past events. There's going to be a poll that you vote in. You can vote once per hour, every hour, 
for the person you want to see win and go on to round two. Those polls will start Wednesday, 10 p.m. Eastern, and close Saturday, 10 p.m. Eastern. 72 hours of voting. And then I believe the winner will be announced on the next episode of Talk of the Universe, as well as the next three men in the match. For the first match, the three combatants are the foreman, representing the Unionverse, Jorjito, International Cool, and the Tartan Tear. I'm familiar with the foreman. I'm familiar with Jorjito. I am not quite familiar with the Tartan Tear. I expect we'll see promos from all three of those people over the next few days. Because as I'm recording this, it is Sunday. The following Wednesday, three days from now, the competition, the first match, will go live. We should also see the biographies and the art posted when the first match goes live. I assume that the post will contain the link to the poll to vote in, as well as all of the biographies and all of the completed sketches. They released the sketches previously, but those were not complete. The sketches have been inked. I've seen one of the sketches. It is a nice sketch. I will also mention there has been a change in the number of participants. When the numbers were last reported, we had 18 competitors that were going to be in the CCC. That has changed. There are now 19 competitors in the CCC. The 18 I discussed previously, and a new competitor, Moxie. Apparently, Moxie submitted the application prior to the deadline, but it was overlooked. So, Moxie will be in the field. Now, I mentioned six triad matches. That's 18 people. How does that work with 19 in the field? Like last year, they have decided to give the previous year's runner-up a buy into the second round. So JAC will not be competing in round one. He will have his first match in round two. What does that mean for promos from JAC? What does that mean for songs from JAC? We'll have to see. Maybe there will be a JAC song in round one. Maybe we'll have to wait until round two. But JAC will not be in competition in round one. Instead, like I said, we'll have the six triad matches. Those six will, of course, have six winners. Those six winners will go on to round two. JAC getting the bye will go on to round two. And then they have announced, as of right now, there are going to be three wild cards into round two. They have stated that one wild card will be picked by Pat Mulligan. One wild card will be picked by Steve Resk, and one will be the result of a random die roll. Will that change? Possibly. That's what's been announced now. If for some reason you're in the CCC, you do not win your match, encourage people to continue voting for you because that helps get your name on the map for potential wild card berths. Continue to make promos because that will help you 
in your consideration for future wild cards. And while they haven't stated this, the field is going to go in round one from 18 down to 10. My speculation for round two is that they will do five singles matches to yield five winners. And then I expect there will be three wild cards to go up to eight because they like to go eight to four to two finalists. So I expect there to be wild cards in round two as well. So if you lose round one, you still have a shot in round two. If you lose round two, you're still going to have a shot to make round three. So work hard, get your name out there, get people to back you, and try to make it as far as you can in the CCC. As always, I will be supporting JAC in the 2023 Creative Competitor Competition. I encourage you to do so as well. I still think he's the best competitor in the field. That is my CCC news. Championship news. We had a few championship matches this week. Let me go over them. This is, of course, prior to Sunday Night Fights. The Sunday Night Fights news will be at the end of the show. No particular order. I'll start with the Trios Championship Wednesday night after Talk of the Universe. The champion, Bobby Ohio, with the firing squad as his competitor, took on challenger Matt Barone, playing as Proving Ground. In a match that went to crowd meter zero, the winner rolling a 32, Bobby Motherlovin' Ohio. Bobby Ohio retains the LFF Trios Championship. Congratulations to him. Thursday night, the Midwest Coast Championship on the line. The champion, the Grump, with his own competitor, the Grump, having recently defended against Pat the Thinker, takes on Pat the Thinker's Fellow Freak Show member, Split. As many of you may know, Split and Pat Mulligan are currently fighting over who will lead the Freak Show. This is a little bit of a pause in that because Split is going to challenge for the Midwest Coast Championship. In this match, Split is playing as Davey Richards. I, of course, mentioned that the Grump is the champion with the Grump. They square off in a standard singles match. That goes to crowd meter zero. It's a relatively short match, about five minutes, I believe. The winner, still champion, the Grump Danny Thunder. Congratulations to the Grump. Afterwards, the Grump calls out his next challenger, the Oracle. The Oracle, afterwards, announces that she is not able to compete for the championship. It's not what fate has in the cards, as she essentially says. So she names the next challenger Big Jim Bias. Big Jim Bias will challenge the Grump for the Midwest Coast Championship date and time to be announced. Finally, Saturday, ACCW, the Atlanta Playgroup puts on a big monthly match card. They defend a bunch of their championships. If you're interested in that, check that out. They posted all that on the SRG Super Show Discussion Group. But amongst their own territorial championships, they had a Deep South Tag Team Championship match. The big regional belt was on the line. The champions, the Transatlantic Express, take on challengers, the unsealed. 
The Unseely is the team of everyone's enemy, Joel Williams, who was playing as Peter Lionheart in the match, and his partner, John Pardis, who was playing as Chloe Mai in the match. The champions were Hold the Line Harry, playing as Mila Mai, and Practicite, playing as Mallory the Destroyer. As a reminder, in the Deep South Tag Team Division, the singles competitors you play as have to be part of a pre-existing Tornado Tag Team. So, Hold the Line Harry and Practicite were playing the two singles that make up Maidens of the Storm. Joel Williams and John Parris were playing the two singles that make up SRG Spirits. In a long match, an over 40-minute match that goes all the way to crowd meter six, the winners of the Deep South Tag Team Championship, new champions, the Unseelie. Congratulations to them for winning a long, hard-fought tag team match and becoming the new champions. The last thing I'm going to talk about before I start discussing the online tournaments local play, and then Sunday Night Fights, is a sale on Supershowthegame.com. This weekend, they released four new competitor sets and two single cards. A new card for spot number four, a new card for spot number 11. These cards and competitor sets are available individually. They're also available as a bundle. In addition... There is a new coupon code that you can use to purchase things on the website. It excludes new items, it excludes events, it excludes created content. But everything else, according to the post in the discussion group, is on sale. If you use the coupon code PRESIDENT, you will get 20% off your purchase. Also, keep in mind the Rising Star coupon code is still good. Every time you use the Rising Star coupon code, it adds to the prize pool for Rising Star. That is a 10% off coupon. So if you use both coupon codes at checkout, it will be 30% off your purchases. That is the word president for 20% off and Rising Star, no spaces, so just one word for 10% off. Use both for a combined 30% off. Get your discount. Help build the prize pool for the Rising Star 3 tournament. Speaking of that, I have no news on that. I have no news on Faction Wars. I have no news on the Underworld Championship Tournament. I hope to have news on that coming out possibly next week. We will see. But right now, I have nothing new to give you on that front for any of those. With that being said, let's talk about the online tournaments from this past week, starting Monday night with Monday night consigliere fights. There were 12 players in Monday night's tournament, broken up into three groups, four players per group. Top two players from each group advance into the top cut, giving us a top cut of six players. Two players got a bye into the semifinals. The other four had to play in two singles matches. Those play-in games were Raven's Blood Cemetery matches. The semifinal matches were last competitor standing matches. And the finals match, as well as the third place match, according to 
the challenge entry was a buddy building match. The top four were in fourth place, playing as her new competitor, Runtime Terror, Yasmin. In third place, playing as Yasmin's faction mate, Emo Man, Chris Pate. The finalists, who coincidentally both won their playing games. So the two people who won their playing games made the finals. Those two were Zach Ashley as Gia de los Muertos and the player of the era, John Press1P, as Mila Mai, the new version of Mila Mai. The winner of Monday Night Consigliere Fights, Zach Ashley as Gia de los Muertos. Congratulations to him for winning Monday Night Consigliere Fights. This brings us to Thursday Night Fights, more specifically, Chibi's Thursday Night Fights. Chibi is back running Thursday Night Fights. It's been a while, but we're glad to see him. He made his return to Talk of the Universe this week. He made his return to Thursday Night Fights this week. He had 23 players in this return event. They were broken up into five groups. Three of those groups had five players. Two of those groups had four players. Again, every person played the others in their group. Top two records per group advance into the top cut. This gives us a top cut of 10 people. From what I understand looking at this, there are two play-in games to get to the top eight. And then it just breaks down quarterfinals to semifinals to finals. From what I'm seeing, there are no stipulations for the play-in games. The quarterfinal matches all start at crowd meter one. The semifinal matches are Ring of Fire matches, as well as the finals and third place match according to Challenge. The top four here are, in fourth place, playing as Witch Hunter General, Matt Barone. In third place, playing as Ra Ra Perry, John Press 1P. The finalists were Drew Madsen as Titan of the Northeast and Hold the Line Harry as Colossal Mike Law, one of the new competitors from the Catalyst Pro Wrestling box set. The winner of the returning Chibi's Thursday Night Fights, Hold the Line Harry with Colossal Mike Law. Congratulations to Hold the Line Harry for winning this returning tournament. Friday night, there is a pop-up from the host of Got Next, John Mathis. The format for this was a special guest referee, the Mark Jeff Bravo. What this meant was coming into the tournament, you were allowed in your deck, instead of running your competitor's logoed finishes or generic finishes, you could run up to two finishes logoed for other competitors. Because that is the Mark Jeff Bravo's gimmick. You could use that for your deck build. So it's a modification of the special guest referee rules. 15 players, four groups, three groups of four, one group of three, top two from each group, advance into the top cut. This means eight players made the top cut. There were, from what I'm seeing here, no 
additional stipulations throughout the top cut. So we had simply quarterfinals to semifinals to finals. I don't see a third place match. The top four were as the two semifinalists. The judge Tim Riley playing as Big Match Pete and Cheshire playing as himself. The finalists were Loudmouth Leo Larynx as Ra Ra Perry and Hold the Line Harry as Eddie Fury. With the winner, Loudmouth Leo Larynx. Congratulations to Loudmouth for winning the Friday pop up event. I only have one locals event to give you. Miso Super Show out of Miso's Games in Louisville, Kentucky sent me their Saturday Locals event results. They did a round-robin event. Eight players. Each player played the other seven. The top four were, in fourth place, a new player playing as Lycan, Bryce. I don't have a last name, just the name Bryce. In third place, playing as the Duke, Austin Lucas. In second place, Playing as the player of the era, another player of the era, the phenomenal one, Kirk Polkin. And the winner, going undefeated on the day, playing as JT Dunn, Colton Janikowski. Congratulations to him for going undefeated and winning the Misos local event. One last thing before I talk about Sunday Night Fights. I should have mentioned this earlier with the championship matches, but we have two championship matches coming up this President's Day, next Monday, tomorrow as I'm recording this. They are, from what I understand, going to be at Legendary Realms in New York. If they are not, I apologize. But the two matches are for the LFF Tri-State Championship and for the LFF World Heavyweight Championship. For the Tri-State Championship, the champion, John Poverino, will be defending against Mr. Twist. For the World Heavyweight Championship, the champion, Big Match Pete, will be using Colt Cabana and attempt to defend against the SRG boss playing as himself, the second version of himself. We don't know if this is going to be a Liger's Den match a steel cage match, or something else. It's still kind of up in the air. I assume we'll find out at bell time. For the LFF Tri-State, those are always New York rules matches. Start at crowd meter one, no disqualification, no countouts. Look for that to go down Monday night. The winner of both should, from what I understand, take those championships into Grand Gathering 3. And then one last thing before I get into Sunday Night Fights. Again, I should have mentioned this earlier in the show, but this broke yesterday. It's been something that's been kicking around for a while. SRGPC.net is a website that was created by Chugonomics, Pride, and the Corrugated Cardboard Villain. And it's a resource to look up cards, the 1 through 30s, competitors, finishes, entrances, spectacles, crowd meters, to look up rulings on certain things. Great resource in the game. Well, they're going to be creating a museum of signatures. What this is is a database 
where if you're curious about an autographed like spectacle card, you're not sure who the person is that signed your card, you can go to this database and there will be references that you can use to figure out who your signature is. So for example, let's talk about the first ever LFF World Heavyweight Champion, Sammy Callahan, who wrestles currently for Impact. If you wanted to know if your spectacle you got was signed by Sammy Callahan, maybe you got one in a uh, payoff pack or mystery box, you can go to this website, look at the signatures, compare them and find out if you have a Sammy Callahan signed spectacle, maybe competitor card, something of that nature. They are now accepting submissions for these references. The email address is going to be chuggy at srgpc.net. Chuggy, C-H-U-G-G-Y, at srgpc.net. For pro wrestlers, indie wrestlers, people that are celebrities from television, film, music, they're going to be taking three references. Once they hit those three references, they will not be accepting any more submissions. For example, I can tell you that Dan Housen, who I believe currently wrestles for AEW, they have reached the limit of signature references. They do not need any more Dan Housen signature examples. For people who play the game, so for example, Michael Kirk. If they wanted a signature reference from Michael Kirk, they're only taking one reference. The exception for all of these signatures is if for some reason people signed their name differently. I'll give you an example. Anthony Gangone. He's in this game three times as the rogue Anthony Gangone, the one above all, and Krampus. Sometimes he signs his name Anthony Gangone. Anthony G-A-N-G-O-N-E. Because the last three letters of his last name also spell the word one, sometimes he will sign his name as Anthony Gang and then the number one. So you might see some examples, more than three examples, with him signing it as Gangone and him signing it as Gang One. If you're going to send in your spectacles to this email address, make sure that the file name for the attachment you're sending in is for the signature. So if you're going to send in a Sammy Callahan, make sure that the file name is Sammy Callahan. You can send it in either as one of two files. You can scan in the card and send in that scanned file, or you can take a photo and send in the photo. They prefer scanned images over photos, and the higher quality, the better. They're looking for high-quality images. Don't send in any non-SRG merchandise. It should only be SRG cards. There are some exceptions. Maybe if there is an accreditation with the signature, that would be fine. But generally speaking, only send in SRG spectacles, competitor cards, etc. They are also going to be compiling in the database white background cards that have art on them. I'm assuming these are the competitor cards that they put out 
that where blank had no art, where you could have an artist essentially commission and draw their own image on there. So if you had a blank snake pit, that was one that came out, you could go to your favorite artist and ask them to draw a snake pit on the card for you. They will be accepting examples of that. There's no limit on those either. So if you have a dozen snake pits, you've had different artists commissioned to put art on those cards, they'll take all of them. If you are going to send in your spectacles, competitor sets, scanning images to send them, so we'll have that for reference. Make sure, again, the file name should be the name of the person who signed the card. Shuggy at srgpc.net is the address. And let them know how you want to be credited. So again, I'll use myself as an example. I could say credit me as Michael Kirk. If I wanted to go by my game name, I could say credit me as DJ Outlaw, credit me as the guillotine, whatever you want to do. There's no limit as to how many files you can send them on an email, except I would say whatever the email can carry. So if you have 40 different signatures you want to send in, you can attach all 40 scanned or photo images to the email and send it in. One last thing, the same address for these signatures is what you can use to send rulings to srgpc.net. If you had a rules question about how a gimmick worked or how a gimmick and card interact, you post that on the forums, you get an answer from Steve Resk, you can send that ruling in to the website, they'll add it to the appropriate cards related to that rule. Now let's talk about the Sunday Night Fights match card. Only two matches on the match card. From what I understand, there were going to be three. The third match, Edo Ortiz versus Thebes Pinckney, was cut for time because the first two matches were quite long. The first match went over an hour and 15 minutes. The second match, over an hour, almost three hours of Sunday Night Fights. The opening match on the match card was the LFF Tag Team Championship match. The challengers under the bridge, the team of James Booker and Brad Iyer, the champions, Michigan's Most Dangerous Alliance, the tag team of the era, Chris Pate and Sean Loeb. In this match, James Booker was playing as Scott Prime. Brad Iyer was playing as Colt Cabana. Chris Pate was playing as Big Bad Bobby D. And Sean Loeb was playing as Combat Chris. Again, this was a long match. No disqualification. Went all the way to crowd meter five. A lot of big twists and turns in this match. Great play. One potential botch. Sean Loeb was playing Beg for Mercy in Combat Chris. While Combat Chris has a technique of 10, he only has a grapple of 5. Beg for Mercy is a skill requirement card. You need a grapple of 8 to run it. So he had a dead stop at 15. Did that end up making a difference? No. In the end, the winners at Crowd Meter 5 
and still champions, Dangerous Alliance. Congratulations to them for winning a long, hard-fought match. Potential match of the year candidate with this one. The second and final match of the night was a triad qualifier match. Three people faced off in a triad match, the winner of which would join Brian Waitford-Schmidt as one of the two contenders to face the Cannoli for the LFF Triad Championship. The three competitors in this qualifier match were, representing the Freak Show, Eddie Fury, representing the Cuddle Commandos, the Italian Mambata, and a substitution also representing the Freak Show, Dizzy Derailed. Originally, the third competitor in the match was going to be the Great Outdoors. I'm not sure why she was not able to compete, but she didn't. She will be facing the Italian Mambata at Grand Gathering 3 for a name versus name match. If Bombata wins, the Great Outdoors will be known as the Great Indoors until Origins. If the Great Outdoors wins, the Italian Bombata will be known as the Italian Boombata until Origins. So in this triad match, we see Eddie Fury playing as his creation, the Jerk of Cirque. We see the Italian Mambata playing as his creation, his tribute to his mother, Mambata. And we see Dizzy Derailed playing as one of her favorites, Public Enemy Number 1. Again, I mentioned before, this was a long match. It goes to Crowd Meter 4. A big back and forth. A lot of saves. Hands getting buried. A lot of pleading from the commentators. For someone to throw a grapple finish. In the end, the winner and third man in the upcoming LFF Triad Championship match, Eddie Fury. Eddie Fury has a shot, along with Brian Waitfort-Schmidt, to take the LFF Triad Championship from Canole. Will that happen? We will have to wait and see. With that being said, that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Outlaw Mudcast. Again, no idea about events for next week, but look for a Monday night consigliere fight. Look for a chibi Thursday night fight. Dojo Tuesday night. Any kind of pop-up could happen at any point throughout the week. Until next week's episode, I'd like to thank all of you for listening. And a good day.